You're now listening to a Press Play Network podcast. And welcome to Three Kings Podcast. This is a Press Play Network podcast. If you guys are new to the Press Play Network family, welcome. Uh, you can get other shows just like this one, like the Hip Hop Rejects, Nerd Flow, Zoe's Chat. Uh, Confessions of the Healing Heart, all on the Press Play Network. All right, man. We are finally here. Been a lot <laughs> of talking about this Three Kings project, man, and a lot of conversations been going on and, you know, just trying to figure out when and how and everything, man. So it feels good to be here. Finally, you know, another vision coming true and – you know, all through the hands of God as well, man, because couldn't have picked a better, better crew to put together for this for this particular project. So, man, so welcome. All right, man. So I want to I'm royalty. Um, some of you, if you're new to the if you're not new to the Press Play Network, you may recognize my voice. I'm one of the hosts of the Hip Hop Rejects and Nerd Flow. Um, so you recognize me. Name is royalty. Um, I got. Two compadres here, man. I got the boy Keeper Ruffin. You've probably heard his voice before if you've listened to several episodes of the Hip Hop Rejects. And we got my boy Germany here as well. Uh, gentlemen, uh, introduce yourselves. Tell the listeners all about you. All right. Uh, what's going on, good people? Ladarius um, Keeper Ruffin Davis. Um, I'm a songwriter, artist, mentor, um, a uh, follower of Christ, and um, just want to say, man, I'm, I'm honored to be doing this podcast with uh, some great brothers that I come up with, and um, it's been a vision, as um, Royalty stated from the beginning, this has been a vision that um, he came up with, and just due to affiliation and how God works, everything just came together, so, um, you know, I hope everyone is able to take something from this, um, where we're able to, you know, whatever God gives us, we're able to give it to you to feed your your, your mind and your spirit and uh, welcome to the podcast yo yo i am germany thomas also known as germany the the wise rapper on social media uh i am a youth pastor um over the ages of 13 to 17 i am a, a proud husband a proud father um i have a bachelor's in biblical studies and um, I just have a heart for the young people, and I have a desire to see them grow and prosper and shine and be the best that they can be. Um, so that's the role that I plan on playing. Cool, 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 man. Um, no guess, I mean, guess a little bit more about myself as well, man. I'm just like, you know, I'm a visionary um, with a lot of things. I'm a very creative individual. Um, Press Play Network is my company along with mother mother homie uh young uh that we run and it's just you know press play network is a place where people can express their visions and their likes and loves and you know with this particular podcast three kings i felt it was just more of a time to kind of like to be to be a leader and lead and you know and kind of more of the sake of the word like you know show the youth because we see so much stuff going on in this day and time, man. And just like the youth and just so many people being misguided by, you know, 
mainstream media and stuff like that. So we felt like it was time to, you know, to put something together to help, to help uplift and to help guide, you know, today's next generation. So this is what, uh, three Kings is all about. So, um, we're going to jump into things, uh, with this. I'm going to kick it over to Germany, but the, ep- but this episode is going to be primarily about, and I'm going to let Germany go a little bit more into in depth as far as, uh, what this means. It's going to be about uh, heart and heart in today's youth. So kick it over to Germany on that one. Okay. Right. Well, most definitely, um, you know, we've noticed that trend for a while now. There's been a, a, a hardening of the hearts as it relates to our young people. And I believe a lot of it has come from the house. You know, the house is the first place where young people get their um, personalities, they get their insight, they get their perspectives, you know, they get ideas and and plans on how their future is going to be. And oftentimes, you know, when you have young people that kind of misinterpret what happens in their lives, even if it's like, you know, something that's dysfunctional or if it's, uh, you know, just something that takes place that they didn't process or get a chance to to um, get insight and help and clarity on as to what caused things to happen the way they went. It may have been uh, my father wasn't in my life. It may have been my mother was too busy trying to find a man to really raise me. It may have been my uncle, you know, treated me bogus or, you know, you, you have family members that do all types of crazy things and they don't realize the impact that it makes on young people. And uh, a need, a need of ours as young people is um, attention and affection and, and affirmation and knowing that, we're going to be somebody, we're going to go somewhere, we're going to do great things. But oftentimes we are either abused or we're neglected. And what we don't realize is that when you're either abused or neglected, it still causes the same thing called trauma. So for example, if a kid comes home and they got good grades and they don't get a pat on the back, they don't get celebrated, then that's still traumatic. And also if they came home with bad grades and they just got scolded really bad, that could be traumatic as well. I believe that there's a, a a formula that if we take on while we're raising our kids, we can be more effective in their lives and not allow them to learn off trauma. Because once they learn off trauma, what happens is they end up becoming very hardened of their hearts and they become cold people and they, because they put their hearts in cold places. Oftentimes we don't realize that when we neglect our kids or if we um, abuse them or if we curse them out or if we tell them to shut up when they're asking questions and trying to get clarity. No, just do what I say and, you know, don't don't talk back. And they're just trying to get an understanding. Typically what that does is it creates a mindset for them that they're not important. Their their voice means nothing and they're not special. And so what happens is when they go out into the world, their hearts are hard. And they treat people like they're not important and like they're not special because it's just like a cup. You know, if you only pour water in that cup, you can't get soda out of it. You can't get wine out of it unless Jesus turn it into wine. (laughs) But you know what I mean? (laughs) The only thing you can get out of that cup is what was poured in that cup. And oftentimes we put expectations on our children that we didn't pour in. And so we'll say stuff like, oh, uh, what made you do that? Or, Or... You know, why did you think this way? Why did you think that was okay to do? And I taught you better than that. But most cases, we didn't really teach them anything. We just expected based on the 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 traumatic experiences that they would have enough fear in their hearts 
that they knew right from wrong as it related to how we would react based on what they did. So what happens is they don't really process it that way and they get cold. And as a result of being cold, now they, you, you create cold people and they do cold things. And sometimes also when you have a hardened, a hardened heart, it's because of identity, mistaken identity. Uh, a lot of times people are mirrors. You know, when you didn't when you weren't told who you were and what you what you were put on this earth for in your home. Then when you go out into the streets, everybody becomes a mirror for you. Mm-hmm. And so now when you see other people, you kind of adjust or adapt to your environment because you don't know who you are. But oftentimes when you see young people who know who they are, no matter what environment you put them in, they, they never lose their identity. They never lose who they are. They never lose how they are. And they're OK with not being the same because they've been raised in, the, in, the, in a way. I won't say raised right, but they've been raised in a way where they know that I'm going to be me regardless of no matter where I go. But when the father is not there and the mother is distracted, then we got to kind of figure this thing out for ourselves. And I'll give a little bit of my own story because I was one of those young people who had a, a, a hard heart. It showed in my relationships. It showed in my, my friendships. I was very inconsistent. Um, me and uh, Keeper, we, we grew up together. You know, yeah. we were, we've been rapping since we knew each other. I mean, 13, <laughs> 12, 11, <laughs> at yeah, Roller World, we just meet up and we just start spitting bars. <laughs> and um, that's the relationship that we gained. But even our relationship was kind of intermittent. And I wouldn't say it was more on him, but it was more on me because I wasn't used to steadfast relationships. Mm-hmm. And the reason I wasn't used to steadfast relationships is because in my home, my stepfather would just be in, you know, it was like he got paid, he was gone. He was broke. He came back home. And I didn't understand why my mom would always just let him right back in. And then he go right back out. Then he come right back in. So that dysfunctional inconsistency was starting to teach me subconsciously. And now I became just as inconsistent as I saw. Mm. And so even with my friendships and my relationships, I couldn't keep a relationship. You know, I date a girl and, and, and if it, you know, if it was if it was going good, eventually I'd just get bored and I'd find some reason to cut it off. It was because nice. I didn't I didn't learn or even see and witness uh, endurance in relationships. I didn't see and witness consistency and in, in, uh, being present in the lives of a person because I didn't see that. I didn't know how to do that either. And so also I didn't know who I was because I didn't know who I was. Um, and, and the reason why is because my dad, my dad, my biological father, he was in the, on the West side of Chicago and that's where I was born. But my mom took me at the age of three to Greenville, Mississippi. So I grew up in Greenville, Mississippi. My dad passed away when I was six years old. And so I, there was parts of me that I, I didn't understand. There was parts of me that I didn't really know. And I, I always felt like if he was still alive. I would have more definitions for who I am and who I was supposed to be. But oftentimes, because we think that way as young people and we don't realize that God still has a plan, we will try to figure it out on our own instead of just embracing the will of God for our lives. And so now we see um, 
people that we like or people that we look up to and we, we, we take on their ways and we take on their traits, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's ugly. And then you grow up and you become this person and then you think back and it's like, okay, why do I do this? Why do I respond this way? Mm-hmm. Why when that happens, it ticks me off the way it does. And then you find you come to the realization that you don't know who you are. You only know who you became. Right. And so I had to do a lot of backtracking in my adult age to get understanding as to why I was uh, responding, reacting and doing the things that I was doing so I could close the door and actually embrace who I truly was supposed to be before all of the trauma, before all of the experiences, before all the heartbreaks, before all the things that made me turn cold before all the things that made me isolate myself and not want to be uh, around people too long. And we have an entire generation like that. And if we don't embrace them and actually give them definition as to who they are, then we can expect their hearts to be hard. Gotcha. Man. Man, yeah. Deep. (laughs) Yeah. Deep. Preach, Pastor. Yeah, man. Yeah, me over here. Yeah, me over here thinking. It's like, man, it's like... (laughs) It's like that's it. It's like when I think about it too, man. It's like I, you know, me growing up, I feel like I had, I feel like I had a heart and heart myself, man. Because it's just like I know people that know me and grew up with me and stuff like that. People, you know, people see me when I was growing up, and people that know me, they was like, oh, you know, seems like Davin had a pretty good, you know, seemed like I had a pretty good upbringing, a pretty good life, and stuff like that. But man, it's like to be honest, man, it's like love my mom don't get me wrong but it's like i you know my grandmother raised me for the most part man i mm. my grandmother raised me once my grandmother passed away i felt like i felt like i raised myself and then like going into adulthood now um i have a hard heart a little bit when it comes to my parents when it comes to just when it just comes to certain situations for support or just now that i'm a married man they have a grandkid i got one son but i don't feel like i get that i don't feel like i I know they be trying to give me my distance because I'm married now and I'm a married man, but I also feel like they don't give me that, you know, trying to be, feel like, you know, um, being a grandparent, you know, like, I feel like I don't, right, I yeah. feel like, I feel like I don't get that as much from them. It's, it's kind of, I think my father's is probably, you know, picking up the slack a little bit more than he was. Cause he wasn't, my father really wasn't around a whole whole lot but i think our relationship now is probably i would say probably better now than it used to be you know as a kid growing up but i will say this much uh me having a heart and heart toward my father has made me a better father to my son especially in the in the promise department because i dealt with a lot of that you know broken promises and stuff like that so it it made me a better man uh from that from that standpoint gotcha and another thing i wanted to um to 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 kind of add to that um as far as having a hard and hard me being a kid that was raised with um both parents in my household um the things that i struggled with mostly was uh being the first child and i think just my parents adapting to parenthood um looking at my generation of uh of you know my parents parents it was lack of parenting in their lives as well so when you look into my my dad's life, um, for instance, my dad has a mom that was handicapped and we never knew my grandfather. Um, on my mom's side, um, I have a grandmother, but 
we, you know, we knew of my granddad, but he died prior to me knowing who he was. Um, and just looking at, you know, the situation of how my grand, both of my grandparents were raised, it wasn't, it, it wasn't a lot of spirituality there, uh, nor was it a lot of guidance or nurturing there. Uh, my grandmother pretty much had to raise herself, nor nor did n- neither one of my grandparents were educated as far as scholarly um, activities. Neither one went to elementary. So mm-hmm. the 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 ball started rolling with my parents as far as going to school, um, getting things in order. Then they had to instill those things in me. So you can only imagine the mistakes that were made, you know, in my life as, you know, my parents were raising me, even though I had both parents. It still was tough. You know, uh, some yeah. some some whoopings didn't turn out to be um, whoopings like they should have. And this is nothing against my parents. But, you know, you had a long day. Uh, you got a kid that's messing up. It wasn't any talking or, you know, explaining things. It was the belt, you know, and that's what it was until <laughs> pops got tired, you know. Um, and that's not always the right way to to handle things, you know. And um, Germany made a good point sometimes, man. It's it's numerous of things that can harden a kid's heart. But today, what we're trying to figure out is the the solutions to these uh, these issues that kids are enduring nowadays. You know, how do we as men uh, fulfill our obligations of kids who have hardened hearts? And Germany, I think you and Davin both can contest this is that or or uh, piggyback off this is that. I think the issue nowadays is that how do you even fix kids with a hardened heart if we don't know how to fix ourselves? Yeah, I think um, the first thing you have to do, you know, you got to you got to take care of your own eye before you can help somebody with theirs. You know what I mean? So the first thing I had to do is a lot of soul searching. You know, I had to go back and find out what made me the way I was. And oftentimes I know it sounds, you know, kind of (laughs) mentally You know, it sounds crazy, but I believe I strongly believe that the things we went through were because God wanted us to become the solution to our own problems. And and so what we have to do first is we have to get closure and get a resolve about what caused our hearts to be hardened, because 10 times out of 10, your people are going to be duplicates of you. You know, your people are going to be people that can directly connect and relate with you, your experiences, your journey, your hurt, all of that stuff. You already are. You're you're like a public library that's built with information through your experiences that other young people can now come into and read and get answers. And so if we don't get the closure that we need, then it's almost like a a, a library with a closed door with locks on the uh, locks on the door. So the 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 people that are depending on you don't have access to the places in your heart if you don't get that closure and now open up your heart so now you can share your stories and and share your testimonies and help other people to overcome. So what I had to do is I had to go back down that journey. And the reason why I had to do that is because when you don't get that closure, there's areas in your life where you lack love. There's areas in your life where you lack compassion. There's areas in your life where you lack empathy. You can't empathize with people who are going through stuff when you're still numb to that same traumatic experience. 
So now it's like, oh, just suck up. You know, I went through it. You got to go through it, too. No, but when you get closure and you realize the dynamic and the depth of how that thing affected you, now you'll have so much compassion when you see somebody going down that journey. It'll almost bring you to tears. And then what you do is you your because your heart is open. What's from the heart reaches the heart. And then you have access to those people. I mean, when I first when I first started pastoring these young people, it was just a room full of me. (laughs) I promise you. But it wasn't a room full of me at that at at my age. It was a room full of me at when I was their age. And so what I had to do so that I wouldn't be judgmental because I've came a long way. I had to go back down memory lane and if and tell myself, if you're going to judge them, then you're going to judge them based on when you were their age. Right. And, and that's so where a lot of people get misconstrued too, Jeremy. Yep. Now, just to add, man, we, we forget that we were once kids as well. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Now, I just had to add that in there. Oh, no, no, that's great. That's, <laughs> that's great. We have to remember that. I believe that if you remember your your some of your most traumatic experiences, it would allow you to be moved by compassion when you see people like manifesting the anger as a result of them going through that same experience. You'll look past what they're doing and you'll see where they're hurting. And then now you can move with love because I promise you this room, it was a room full of, it was about 74 teenagers in one room, angry at the world, mad because they dad's not there, mad because they mom always cussing them out every time they make a mistake, mad because the iron hammer is coming down every time they do something and they just didn't know who they was. They didn't know who they purpose, what their purpose was. They didn't know why they were here. They didn't even know why they were at church. You know, so what we had to do is we had to actually love them through it. You can love the hell out of a person. Yep, that's true. You know, Love I mean, some of them, I, yeah, some of them, I, you know, I bought them a jacket or something. If I saw that, you know, their jacket had a hole in it or something, I bought some of them pants. You know, some of them, I just, you know, ask them, hey, how, how you doing? I hug when I walk in the room, I hug, I try to hug each and every one of those little kids because what it does is it lets them know that somebody cares about you. And right. all, sometimes that's all they need. They just need to know that somebody cares. I think what's really going to change this this generation is when we bring love back to their lives and we let that's them know it. that somebody cares about you. You do. You are special. You are important. You do have a reason to live is what kind of translates into their hearts when we just spread that love. And we can't spread love that we don't have. Like, you know, our people, you know, the African-American people, we got a saying, real recognize real. Mm-hmm. Right. So they know if you come in with the fake stuff. Right. They, they, they just, yeah, they sense it. Yeah. You know what I'm they saying? Sense, they sense right. it. They, they know if you hold them back. They know right. if you, you fabricate and they, you know, so you have to really, you have to be serious about getting your own help and getting your own healing. You, I mean, you, if you need to get counseling, you need to sit down on somebody's couch and just, you know, pour your heart out, do it, you know, do what you need to do because what's keeping, what's in your heart is contaminate, all the bad is contaminating the good. Yes, yeah. sir. And, and and another thing too, man, to add on to that. Um, that's a big issue um, nowadays with people, not even just the youth, people walking around with things waddled up inside of them that they don't know how to release or refuse to release because of pride. Um, sometimes it's just lack of knowledge of proper ways on how to release um, things that we're dealing with. And, uh, and, and, I, and to be honest with you, man, if you, if you really sit back and look at society nowadays, I feel 
bad for the youth because there's a lot of grown people out here that are lost and dealing with even more issues than what we're speaking on as far as a hardened heart with the youth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's the bigger issue when we don't have any leaders to step up and 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 speak, you know, uncut and uh, real testimonies of things that they've encountered in life and pass these things to the youth. And like you were saying, Germany, a lot of these kids are going to know when you're faking the funk. You yeah. know, they're going to be able to peep it off off gate that you're not being serious about what you're speaking on. So, you know, we have to fulfill our obligation. And I'm just speaking as men. We have to fulfill our obligation of actually mentoring the youth. You understand what I'm saying? Mentoring oh, yeah. and guiding them in the proper ways that they need to be guided. Um, start learning to correct a lot of these wrongs that we see and stop letting them pass as if nothing's occurring. You know what I mean? Right. And and in order to do that, though, we have to make sure that we're walking in the right light ourselves again. Yeah. You know, yeah. so um, a lot of these issues fall back on, on us as leaders to ensure that we're out here in, in investing and instilling in our youth on a daily basis what we're practicing on a daily basis. Yeah, so it's oftentimes where because we see that there's a need, I think sometimes we move too fast. And I'm just going back to why we got to get that closure within ourselves Mm -hmm. because we'll move too fast trying to be the solution to a problem we ain't even got closure on yet. Mm -hmm. And what happens is you have like a lot of them, they go into ministry and they become pastors and preachers. And now they're standing over the pulpit and they're, you know, they're preaching, but they're preaching from pain. They're preaching from hurt. They're preaching from rejection and all of that stuff. And and what it looks like is it looks like somebody that's bleeding, bleeding over other people. Right. And, and when you have a generation that's hurt, that came from hurt people because hurt people hurt people. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, got to break the cycle somewhere, order, man. Exactly. Yeah. So in order to break the cycle, we must, as the, the older generation, Stop being hurt so much. You know, we right. have to get the closure and the healing. I mean, if some of us, we, we 30, we 40, 50, 60, 70 years old, still talking about stuff that happened to us when we was 10, That's 15. And, and and when we bring it up, it feel it hurts like we, we literally just experienced it yesterday. What that means is that's a wound that we didn't get healing from yet. Mm-hmm. And I did a I did an illustration one time, you know, of a guy being stabbed and the, the, the actual uh person that stabbed them ran off and then while he ran off the guy that's being stabbed is is like he stabbed me he stabbed me he stabbed me and then he dies and the whole moral behind that thing was and in, in, instead of being focused on going to get your healing you was too busy pointing the finger on the person that hurt you right and so you sit there and you bleed out until you die. Like literally you have grown people who are like the walking dead because they they're still they never got healing from the stuff that happened to them when they were 15. So you got 35 year olds that still act 15. You got 40 year olds that still want to go to the clubs. Why? Because something traumatic happened to them mm-hmm. at that age where they were no longer able to develop anymore. Mm-hmm. They just right. stayed 15. They stayed 17. They stayed 19. And it's like you haven't seen any growth. You haven't seen any maturity. You haven't seen any develop. It's like arrested development takes place when you refuse to get healed in traumatic areas. And they pass that that on to their kids because your kids see that same thing. And as they grow up, they think the same thing. Oh, I'm going to go out and club just like mom. Mom used to do because 
they mm-hmm. think that's okay. And it's, you know, at a certain point in life, it's not, it's, it has to be not okay because you end up being the person that's married. You end up getting married, but you still want a club while you're married. And right. exactly. that's, and this is work. why you need to deal with that heart and heart. You need to deal with that because clubs, drinking, sex, masturbation, all of that stuff is the is a coping mechanism for pain that was undealt with the right way. But what we don't realize is if we seek any of those alternative solutions to cope, it becomes an addiction. And now the thing that you used as a coping mechanism has now started an addiction. Right. And so and so now you have to you have your problems because they still there, <laughs> right. you know, once the high go down, once the intoxication go down, all of that stuff, you still got the same problems you got to deal with. So now what happens? You see people getting high and high and high on a daily basis. And now they have to move to stronger drugs and stronger drugs. And even and some people even overdose and it kills them. And they were just trying to cope with trauma but they didn't cope with it the right way. They thought that stuff was going to help them. I, there was a, a a young lady and her father was telling her like, don't, don't smoke weed. And he was like, he was smoking weed while he was telling her, don't smoke weed. Like he was like, you know, don't, 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 you know, don't do this. You know, don't, don't do this. And, and she looked at him. She was like, man, you're like a hypocrite because you're sitting there smoking weed telling me not to smoke it. And I had to tell her, no, he's not a hypocrite. Those are the cries of a slave. Right. That's somebody it's that want to stop right. and they it's can't stop. Right. And they're trying to make you Warn make sure you. you don't start. It's right. like, don't even go down this street because if you go down this road, you're going to be a slave like me. Right. Don't don't let this be the alternative solution to dealing with stuff that causes your heart to get hard. You have to address the matters. You got to go back. You got to relive those experiences. You got to get closure. Some people, they've passed away. So it's like, how do I get closure from somebody that I no longer have access to communicate with? You can pray about it. You can ask God to give you clarity. Listen, you can ask the Holy Spirit to show you and give you understanding. If In all that getting, get understanding. I promise you, I got so much closure. My dad passed away when I was six years old. And one thing I failed to mention was that I'm the offspring of an adulterous relationship. Right. My dad was married to another woman when I when my mom gave birth to me. So he couldn't be in my life, even if he was alive, which is why he wasn't in my life when he was alive, because he had a whole house. Hmm. But I had to ask God for closure. And what 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 happened is I began to go on a journey where I began to see that his father was a rolling stone. I began to see how his upbringing was. I began to have closure that helped me move from the judgment seat to the mercy seat. Right. Now, and I, I guess- was like, wow, father, forgive him. He knew not what he did. Yeah. And you another thing I want to add to this, Jeremy, is, is, uh, is a, a big thing that we have to have to do. And the big thing that I took from this is that we have to learn to allow wounds to close and to close wounds before we go out to try to fix anybody else's situation. We have to make sure that we're healed before we can move on and make sure we get a lot of that filth out of us. You know what I mean? Yep. It's, a, it's, it's necessary. If not, you can only inflict the same pain that was inflicted on you. Exactly. Exactly. 
All right, man. Um, we're going to get ready to wrap this uh, debut episode of Three Kings, man. Uh, I really hope that this episode really did help uh, the youth with their heart and hearts and help understand. And even, you know, us as adults and stuff like that, I hope that actually helped us look into ourselves and be like, man, I'm starting to understand why I act the way I act now. And I hope you can, you know, seek that, talk to someone to help get closure on that and to understand that and to help you be a better, whether it be a better boyfriend, a better girlfriend, better parent, better husband, better wife. Hope that gives you, you know, some closure on whatever issues or whatever traumatic experience you've had that's kind of made you, you know, maybe have some negative, some, you know, some negative vibes toward, you know, everybody else in the world. So we really hope that that helped you out. Um, in addition to that, man, any questions you guys have for three Kings podcast, you can go over to our Facebook page. It's going to be facebook.com forward slash, uh, the number three Kings podcast. Uh, you can also, um, send us email over to three Kings podcast at gmail.com. Um, I'll be working on getting the speak pipes up so we can have listeners, uh, send in, uh, voice messages to us as well. Uh, we can get those on the show as well. So we're going to get ahead and wrap this one and, uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode of three Kings.